You're listening to Moms No Expert Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be going on a journey together and learn how to be the best moms we can be. I'm your host, Irmari. Hola, hola. Welcome to another week's episode of Moms No Expert Podcast. This week, I interview the wonderful and phenomenal Jessadine Jasmine, and I cannot wait until you guys listen to the episode. But before we get there, I do want to share my As a Mom, I Felt That. And today's, I found this quote by Jill Churchill, and it said, there is no way to be perf- a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a great one. And I think this is great because obviously, I always say that we're not perfect, I'm not perfect, and this is why <laughs> mom's no extra podcast and it's great because we want to be great we want to be the best for our children and we don't have to be perfect as long as we are great for them right we are our own perfection in our own way <laughs> and without further ado i leave you guys my interview with jessetting jasmine well welcome to my podcast miss jessetting jasmine and thank you i'm super excited me. to have you on my podcast um, my podcast is called Moms No Expert. It's all about moms, but it's no expert because we no don't we do not know what we're doing at all. Nobody does. There's no book. <laughs> so I love to have people that moms or bonus moms that are not conventional. So I love that you're here. I love because that. I think I'm not <laughs> conventional, even though people say I'm very vanilla. But I love, you know. I love to have people that are less like less conventional than I am. Um, so just introduce I yourself for the people that don't know you. Yeah, certainly. So I'm Jet Setting Jasmine, also just known as Jasmine. Um, I own Royal Fetish Films and Jet Setting Jasmine with my partner, King Noir. Um, that is a full service sex education and entertainment company. Um, we produce, star, direct, um, and distribute erotica so everything from hardcore porn to fetish romance all the many ways that people of color enjoy engaging in kink and sex and i am also a licensed clinical therapist i'm the owner and lead therapist of blue pearl therapy where i provide full um, mental health services virtually for my awesome clients. well i love it yeah. first of all i love black love i always um, i just started following you yes. guys and i'm like oh they're so cute uh, i love it <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, what is mm-hmm. kink and what is the difference between kink and erotica? I mean, I, I think it's the same thing, but what is the difference if there's any difference? Yeah, so, so kink is just a big umbrella. I mean, I think um, if we overly define it, we miss out on the, the fact that many of us have lots of kinks that we enjoy in our day-to-day life, you know? So it's just a blanket umbrella of folks participating in sex that is not for the purpose of procreation. So if you are having sexual or in, uh, sexual um, engagements or intimate engagements and your goal is not to create a baby, you're kinky. So that's like, that's the way that I like to, to frame it. So that way, you know, for some sense, like, oh my gosh, she's kinky. Oh, you're not kinky enough. No such thing. Um, you know, whatever you do that is outside of the outside of the goal of procreating can be considered a kink, a fetish, um, can be considered saucy, sexy, you know, any of those things. Now, within kink, there are some people who specialize in certain areas, like we specialize in BDSM, so bondage, domination, submissive, submission, and masochism. 
Um, so that's just taking it another level, having some power dynamics included in, in our sex. Um, other areas are fetish play. So I love like flogging and all of these, you know, other kind of um, ways that I get my partners to do the things that I want them to do with their bodies. <laughs> you know, a dress up or talk, talk in a particular way or role play and things of that sort. Um, so those are other areas of kink that I enjoy dabbling. Awesome. In and, and how did you get to, to have this job, you know, do this for a living? Do mm-hmm. what you love for a living. That's... So it really is doing what I love for real. So it was a, it's a journey and it continues to be, I guess, um, at some point, and this will kind of bring in the, the mom aspect. So I'm a mother of three children. I have a 20, soon to be 21-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it was the two older ones when they were starting to become a little bit more independent. You know that that moment when you're like, oh, shit, like they don't need me for that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a proud moment, but it's also a very clear realization that you have maybe more time or more autonomy of, 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 of your time than you had maybe for the past six years or something, you know? And um, it's also a very reflective moment of like, well, what am I going to do now? Cause they're never going to need me yeah. in this way anymore, you know? And so for me, that, that moment sort of, it, it came, honestly, the girls were like starting to cook for themselves and, you know, deciding what they wanted to wear for school and those kind of taking some of those like things that your brain doesn't have enough space to be creative or sexy because you're thinking like, oh my God, I got to <laughs> get them ready for school. I got to cook all the food for the next, you know, all of that stuff. It's like, I started to have a little space. That moment was happening simultaneously as I was taking them to, to drop them off to school. And somebody said like, oh, that's Monty's mom. And I was like, ill like I don't even have a name anymore oh shit <laughs> you like love your like, identity little kids do you not see how I did and it's like kids do you see how fabulous I'm like no they don't just another one of these basic ass moms dropping their kid off with no name zero zero on the back of my jersey <laughs> and so those two things happened right as I was approaching 30 and it was really like wow, who are you, you know, and, and knowing that, yes, I am their mother, but that title is not going to really hold me over for too much longer as these children started to become their own identity, right? Um, and so I was like, you know, what are some of the things that, what do I like? It's like, I don't know. What do you like to eat? I like to eat what they eat, <laughs> you know, like whatever is going to get, you know, what do you like to wear? I like to wear comfortable things, you know, and I really starting to ask myself a lot of questions about things that I liked, ways that I have felt pleasure. And that pleasure was not necessarily stemming from sexual pleasure, um, but it definitely that exploration lent itself to that. So at that point, I decided to do like a 30 before 30. And I just listed 30 things that I wanted to do. It was like simple things like eating ice cream and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Things that may come with consequences or benefits, but fuck it, like I wanted to do it. And, you know, it led to like doing a sexy photo shoot and my daughters were there while I was doing it. It was, you know, not new, but it was racy and they were just like, wow, mom, you know, like, get it. Where are those going? I'm like, on Facebook. Are you kidding? (laughs) Where else? (laughs) 
I know, right? At the time, right? That's like we're all basic moms, but all this stuff. <laughs> and it felt it felt good. It felt empowering. I liked the response that I was getting back. And I was like, I do like attention. I really do like sexual attention, you know, like even if it was from, you know, um, old, old lovers from high school or, you know, even from other women, just be like, damn girl, like, look at you. And I realized like, oh, I, I, I feel something, something feels really good in me when I show up this way and I get this type of response. So I'm going to play with it a little (laughs) bit more. Um, and that led to, I mean, it led to a lot of things. Like one of the things on my 30th, my list of 30 was like, um, have take a poll class. Um, and so I did something like that and I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I remember this feeling. And then I, it led to like having a poll in the living room and, um, then teaching. Yeah. Like teaching poll classes. And then one of my girlfriend was like, oh, I sell sex toys. Like you should too. And like started, it just started building. And it's like the more that I allowed myself to, just say like, oh, I like that. That sounds interesting. I want to put my, you know, I want to try it out. Oh, I enjoy teaching other women this. Oh, I enjoy monetizing it and not saying no, like just giving myself permission. It's like, oh, you like it? Go do it. Um, is it going to hurt the kids? No. Is it going to take money out of our mouth? No. You know, food out of our mouth? No. Is it going to damage? Like, are you going to be able to go to work in the morning? Yes. Okay, cool. Do it. So it was just saying yes. A lot of yes to myself. Um and seeing other women respond to that, like, oh my gosh, you're crazy, but can you tell me where you get that from, right? Or like, um, so do you still have your pole up? You know, can I come over and just play around with it for a little while? Like, sure. Can you take pictures of me while I do it? Of course. You know, and uh, really building community around that and realizing there was a huge market for it. And especially a market because I already have my education and background in, in therapy. So I was being able, I was able to combine, like when when I'm having these convenings with women, and we're talking about like dildos and vibrators. But the really when we're getting down to the conversation, it's like, I just want to feel pleasure, or I want time to, for myself, or I want to experience new things. But I don't know how to talk to my husband about this, or is it what is he gonna think? If or I'm supposed to be a mom, like moms can't wear that, you know. So you know, so so much of. The fun stuff was really like I was like oh oh this is really like a whole bunch of fun and at the end and then at the end of the night we're doing like a little group therapy session and I'm good at this and I love the topic that we're talking about because you're literally seeing people like peel back these expectations that are placed on us the minute that we become yeah. a mom or shit the minute that we're born mm-hmm. woman um, you know and so like just. I know that I gave myself a hell of a lot of permission to like do these things. And then I was like, yo, if I can give myself permission, like I can give her permission, girl. That is ultimately what, what led to um, Jet Setting Jasmine. I have not stopped exploring my brand from including the porn, the education. Like these are things that I am interested in, things I have learned along my journey, my craft that I have been perfecting for over the 10 plus years that I've been doing this work. Um, even, you know, like everything I have just decided to outwardly express my journey as a mother that also has multiple identities that I honor. Um, and it's, it's paid off like literally, literally and figuratively, I am free.
That's awesome. That's one thing that I always try to when I when I'm doing my podcast. I normally do solos. Like I normally just talk about you know my experience and and a lot of you know like the mom shame. Mm. So I'm a single mom and and every time you know you go you start dating people are like oh my god you're dating like what about your daughter you're taking time away so it's like a lot of, of that and and like you said saying yes to yourself like I'm allowed to explore myself and 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 see what yeah. I like and and see what's in the world and I like that I like that you you gave yourself permission mm-hmm. and you did it and look at you I love it thank you <laughs> thank you thank you I have not checked into anybody's um anyone else's clock since you know I would say it's been probably four years now that I w- I've been able to leave any type of structured um structured work on- and only work for myself which honestly saying yes to myself created the most time for my family ever than I ever had before. You know, so all of that, that um, trepidation that really was put on me from other people like, oh my God, how is that going to work? Traveling here and there, doing this and that. What about Mm -hmm. the kids? What about the kids? Only because they only have one model in mind. And it's like, you know, seeing your kids at five o'clock for a couple of hours before they go to sleep. And that time is so precious for those of us that live in that model but like giving myself permission to try something different. Like I'm here at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Like, okay, we're watching Paw Patrol now. <laughs> okay. I have, my client starts at 11. Like we need to wrap this up, you know, and my kid comes home from when she comes home from school, I'm already, I'm already here. Now there are times, whether it's for my personal, my personal life or pro- professional life when I travel or I like dates and things that I, I want to do, hanging out with my homegirls. And I always have told my children, like, the same way you spend time with your friends, you know, when you ask me, can you go to your friends for the weekend? Um, when your friends come over and y'all go to your room and nobody asks me, like, hey, mom, you want to play this game? You know, <laughs> or like, oh, there's a football game tonight. I got an extra ticket for you, mom, in case you, like, nobody does that because you need that time away from me. You need to build your social life. And if I do that for you, can you do that for me in return? You know, and I'm not asking you for a ride. I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking <laughs> you to pick out my outfit and and pay for it. Like I got that covered. All I am asking for you is to give me the same courtesy and don't hang that guilt over my head and actually encourage it the same way I encourage you and your friends. So I, you know, I think it is important for us to model to our children that we don't have to be like these self-sacrificing, lay your life on the line for your kids. We know we will do that hands mm-hmm. down, but me going out on a date is not putting your life in jeopardy. Exactly. So let's not equate, you know, how we spend time and the time that we do need for ourselves to mature, the time we need for our own personal and professional development. Our kids need to see yeah. that. Because one day they're going to be mothers or parents or partners too. And I never want my kids to be like, I did it all for my kids. Like I did not raise children in this way so that they can slave behind somebody else's mm-hmm. kids. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I'm always, I'm a firm believer of being open with your children. I'm like, I'm super open with my daughter. And I tell her, I always say, I probably tell her way too much, but it's, it's good because she sees like, okay, well, my mom is still human. You know, she's not perfect. She is, sorry, somebody's calling me. Um, You know, and and I like that. I like that, that you do the same. It's, it's awesome. And so talking about your children and your work, so Mm -hmm. how, so they know what you do for a living, right? Yes, they do. They do. Um, 
No, I was going to say, how do they, um, like, how do they react or if they, if they have any reaction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's been, they've been a part of this journey right along with me. Um, I've always shared with them in an age appropriate way, right? So like my three-year-old <laughs> doesn't, 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 doesn't care to know, has, isn't able to make the, the con, you know, make that concept um, clear, but he does understand I'm going to work. Um, that's right now that's the max that he needs to know. Um, with the girls, I had a very traditional, traditional job, um, up to the point where they're about 10 or about 10 and six years old. Their their spread is about three, 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 four years apart, depending on what month or whatever. But, um, with them, I did it in an age appropriate way. So the older one knew just a little bit more, um, than the younger one did. Cause she would say like, excuse me, um, you know, like, mom, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and host a party for these ladies. And then they're like, oh, it's a party. Can we come? No, it's for adults only. Why? Because we're going to talk about adult things. What kind of adult things? When you become an adult, I'll invite you to a party. <laughs> and, you then you can see. <laughs> and then you can see, right? Um, I used to have like this huge bag that was like filled with dildos and condoms and toys and just the things that I used to sell. And I made it very clear, like, this is my work bag. Um, I don't go into your toy chest. Don't go into mine. And I knew that they probably were going to go into my things, but it was really about putting context to it. These are mine. These are for adults. Um, and just not hiding. So so it's not like, hey, look what I got. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't touch <laughs> these, but look at them. But it was, there's clearly a big suitcase in our house that wasn't here before that you see me drag in and out of here when I'm going to these adult parties. If you're my child, you're looking yeah, you're in like, the, you know, this? like your nosy, yeah. what's in there, right? <laughs> exactly. But so I do think that there's a difference between us being um, forward about what we know our children are curious about and not playing them stupid, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or lying to them, which is even worse because then how do they trust us um, you know, they're forward when they either know you're lying to them or that you do lie or they later find out that you have lied to them. And I think that that's such a betrayal. And to say like, oh, well, it's because you were too young. That's really lazy as a parent. It's a little bit, it's it better for me to say, I tried to explain it the best way I could for your age. Mm -hmm. And then I revisited it every time as you've gotten older. And so I, I have done that with them. I was like, I'm taking some sexy pictures. Same thing, like, where are you going to put them? I'm going to put them on Facebook. You're probably going to see them, <laughs> right? And then as those pictures got sexier and sexier, came the distance. I'm going to do a photo shoot. Oh, you're going to do it at home? No, not this time. Um, why not? It's going to be a little bit more, um, I would say it's going to be a little bit more artistic than the last one. How so? I'm not going to be, I'm probably not going to wear a lot of clothes. The little one will go like, ew, why would you do that? Because I want to celebrate my body. The older one was like, Really? What's who's gonna do your makeup? Who's taking the pictures? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And I would tell them like this is gonna go on um I'm I'm probably gonna put these on, on the internet. On Facebook, no, not on there, where other adult models can see them, you know. And so always just kind of coaching it with I'm not ashamed of what I'm doing, but what I'm doing is not for you. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's not for you to see. Now, if you ever discover it. You might feel like, oh, my gosh, that's my mom. But you're not going to feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe she was doing this and she lied to me. And I thought, you know, and all of then then you have multiple layers mm -hmm. that you have to 
to really help your child deal with. Um, for me and my kids, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I I know it was that serious. Like sometimes they're like, <laughs> like you're you're really popular, mom. Like uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like why you know, like why do so many people know you? Like, do you really want to know the answer to that question? And they're like, no. Okay, cool. Yeah, and if you change your mind, let me know. And Mm -hmm. I like it because you don't make it a taboo. And I think at least Mm -hmm. like growing up, like my generation, like a lot of you know, it was everything was such a taboo, like sex and like watching porn and and Mm -hmm. feeling sexy and feeling pressure. Everything was a taboo. So like when you teach your children, like it's okay, you know, it's not for you right now, but it's okay, like to feel sexy, to feel beautiful. Sure. It's, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make them, I think it doesn't make them want to do it. Cause I think that's the thing when you put it mm-hmm. in the you're like, okay, I want to do it. What is it? What is it? Yeah. You know? So yep. it's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. They've been, I mean, and they've been great. The reactions to things are to an extent have been very similar to any job from the perspective of like, did you get paid? <laughs> do we have, you know, like, do you have my lacrosse money? Do you have my, you know, the, in so a lot of it is very similar to when I was working as um, a therapist or a program manager for any job. And, and they're like, they don't care about the details. Yeah. Never. You know, they might say like, oh, you're on the phone with so-and-so from work, you know, because that's like your work friend yeah. that you talk to often. Oh, you're going on a work trip. Can you get like, oh, I, when I go to Chicago, they're like, oh, can you bring that popcorn back? Like, they don't care who you're meeting with, what you're doing, it's just like what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. And children are very self-centered in that way. And they should be because they don't have to worry about the many things that we, you know, that we have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, they're children. Yeah. And, and it's, and mm-hmm. it's good. And so you say you do it with your husband. How did you mm-hmm. integrate at him or did you guys mm-hmm. decide to do it together from the beginning? No. So I was already, I was already doing these parties, um, mostly the pole and toy parties. And he had been in the adult industry for quite some time before. He was he took a break for a little while and was sort of getting back in and he was offering um, erotic touch massages. So he was starting to cultivate his craft where he was offering um, touch services specifically to women of color that were really just interested in having the, the, the same way that men can hire out sex workers and sex related and erotic services with like no shame, um, yeah. you know, recommendations to each other, gifting it to each other, you know, yeah. um, and really understanding that women deserved the same experiences, but they deserve to feel safe about it. They definitely deserve to have a voice. And so he was doing his own thing on the side. On a podcast we met, we were interviewing um, people about dating, um, dating from the perspective of being in porn or in the sex industry. And I had like so many preconceived notions about it. Like, you know, my biggest thing was safety. Like how how do people in the porn industry have all this sex and they don't, um, you know, contract diseases? How do they have these, um, this professional sex? And then how do they make sure that their personal partners are safe? Because- I was experiencing my own dating exploration and that's kind of where I kind of get, kept getting caught up with, with like, okay, I really like this guy, but shit, like, I don't know where he's been. And then, you know, like, um, and so much of that is so much education based of like how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, here are these people like doing this professionally, how y'all do it. Um, and 
you know, he was able to clearly explain that. I was like, oh, wow, you know, we have so much to learn as civilians on how people have these open conversations about sexual health and wellness and how people communicate the difference between like a hookup, Mm -hmm. a relationship versus work sex or, or what have you. So in the conversation, I was really, really impressed. I was further impressed. And I, I kind of feel like super ignorant at, at this now. But at the time, he was explaining like um, he, had traveled, he had traveled to West Africa and worked on a project to build a freshwater well oh, wow. and built a school in Guinea-Bissau. He was a um, musician already touring the world with, um, with hip hop. He taught children chess. Um, like all of these things and, and porn, right? And, and <laughs> yeah, also like, a yeah, you're like, it's just a little, porn, a little bit of this and also these erotic touch massages. And I was just like, wow, you know, and, and it wasn't that my brain couldn't conceptualize the fact that a person could do these things because I was having a lot of the same feelings myself. Like here I am, I have three college degrees. I'm working for the government. I have children, but I'm also throwing these pole parties and, Underneath my suits, I have like fishnets on and, you know, like all this stuff. So, but it was like, this can really like materialize and be a thing that people are asking you questions about. And, you know, um, and to understand like that you could be such a multidimensional person in your profession. And I was just really like, it was such, it was so eye opening. And then we started to talk a little bit after the podcast and we decided that, um, how did it go? I, would, I was like, I'd like to know what it is that you're doing with these erotic touch massages because it would be a great component to add to my parties because so many, so often when I ask women what they like, they're like, they don't know. I don't know. I just do whatever my husband likes me to do. I like, you know, whatever the last guy told me he likes, I like that. <laughs> and in his massages, he would really like ask, like, do you like to be touched this way? Would you like this? Would you, do you like this kind of oil? And so many options that we're not used to receiving. Mm-hmm. Unless we're getting like our hair and our nails, you know, <laughs> that's the only part and you're like, you that's know the exactly only time. what you want and how you want it. Yeah. And you better go in there knowing too, right? There's no like, uh, mm. that's true. <laughs> and also, you know, even around consent, can you say like, oh, I like, oh, I thought I was going to like that. No, never mind. I don't that, you know, so, um, we had an opportunity to meet in Washington, DC and he, you know, he provided his services to me and I was just like, yeah, this is dope. Like, I want this for all my friends first. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me hook them up real quick. <laughs> and I did. Um, and so we started traveling together and um, pairing, you know, pairing our services together. And, you know, one thing led to another that allowed us to continue to both explore how we can monetize our sexual expression, um, how we can monetize being a couple, bringing education and, and this stuff to others. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, we certainly met on the hustle and the respect for the hustle has kept us together. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank I you. love it. I First of all, black love is I love it. And then mm-hmm. it's a beautiful black woman out here just being a boss. It's beautiful. Thank you. So, talking about you know you're a black woman how do you teach your you know your daughters because i so i think the reason i asked so my daughter has curly hair right and and like Mm -hmm. i've been trying to teach her like love yourself and all you see Mm -hmm. me is like straight hair and Mm -hmm. whatever so like how do you teach your children like love yourself who you are you know your color and your hair and how you Mm. are perfect 
Yeah, you know, that was, um, it's so hard. Be, it, it is really hard because you could do all the work that you want to do at home. Mm-hmm. And the minute you send them out that damn door or they turn on the TV, it's like, everything gets unraveled. Like, mm-hmm. Starting all over again, you know. It's been constant. My daughters have darker complexion than, than I do. Um, they they favor their, their dad more. And, you know, that's something that I put as a high priority from, I already knew, like, when, when I was together with their dad, I was just like, <laughs> you know, they're, gonna, they're yep. definitely going to be darker complexion. And so I know from the very beginning, I have to exalt this child's skin. Um, you know, and it was always like, wow, like mommy wishes, like I could be like, you're like, oh my God, like, your complexion is so smooth, you know, yep. like, oh, <laughs> you know, and hearing that at home constantly, they were locked up. Their hair was locked from the time that they were one years old. Um, it was, it was just like the, the, the ease and the style and the culture that I wanted to express through my children. And, um, you know, for them, just being, you know, always for, for most of their, like, I think the, the older one, she just cut her hair when she was, like, 16. Um, and the little one, cut, uh, sorry, the older, the older one cut her hair when she was, like, uh, 9 or 10. And the little one um, all the way since she was 16. So for a, a good portion of their childhood, there were these locked up, beautiful, dark skinned Jamaican Panamanian girls <laughs> running around white, clear water, Florida. You know, so they were always um, approached with, with like, you know, why does your is your hair like that? And part of it was educating them because my hair is like this because this is the way that women in my culture rock their hair. My hair is like this because if I want to wear it up like this and I want to wear it curly like this tomorrow, I can. Mm-hmm. My hair is like this is because it's strong. Like they had the comebacks for your ass. Like <laughs> that's good. You know, and it was teaching them why their hair was the way it was and why their skin, my skin is like this because it does not get insulted by the sun. It's complimented by the sun, you know? And sometimes it took me saying some pretty off the wall ass shit about other people. Mm -hmm. So that way they could feel the pride in themselves because there's so many, so many things we're trying to, trying to compete with our messaging at home. And so it was like giving them the language to stand up for themselves has always been incredibly important. Um, and so when my my oldest child cut her hair because for gymnastics, her locks were too heavy. Okay. So she, you know, she cut them a little bit shorter. And then after a while, she was just like, I want to try, I want to be able to comb and brush my hair. Instead of taking her locks out and like perming her hair or putting weave in it right away, I made it very clear to her. When I cut your hair, it's never going to look like Lizzie's. That was her little white best friend with blonde hair. Okay? No matter how many times you comb it, it's never going to look like that. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. Okay. When I cut your hair, it's going to be a short little afro. It's going to be like mommy's. Okay? Do you want like little braids in the front, little barrettes in the front, or you just want to rock it? I just want to rock it. Okay. When you cut your hair, you're going to have to keep it moisturized. So even teaching her how to take care of her hair so it's not unmanageable, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, all of the words that they they use to try to describe our hair. Um, and so she did. And like, in, I think she's like fourth or fifth grade. She rocked her little fro. And, you know, people had things to say, but she had things to say right back. And she was constantly encouraged by other black women, not just me, other black women. And I would let them know, like, y'all. She's going for the big chop. <laughs> no, Come through, sister. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and in my tribe, it's always like, 
this is what the child is about to do, we got to be hella supportive. And you know, and they were, they were just like, oh my God, it looks amazing on you. I'm sending you headbands. Oh, I'm so inspired by you. I'm going to cut my hair too. You know, like all, and, and so, so, so much of it is like the prep work. If you know that you have a black child, you already know. Mm-hmm. You have to do you have to work double time for in front of in front of the issues because the world is going to try to deconstruct it all. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so I have yeah. my daughter, so my daughter with her curl, you know, it's, you know, everybody's like it's so poofy and I so we have mm-hmm. different curls because mm-hmm. my curl is like more loose Mm-hmm, and her mm-hmm. curls really really tight and she is darker mm-hmm. complexion too so her dad mm-hmm. is darker so i tell her i'm like it's just a combination between your dad and me and that's you know i'm like yeah. i love your curls because mm-hmm. uh, my curls don't curl anymore yeah it's funny because recently her dad said oh i want to take you to a dominican salon he's dominican mm-hmm, and i mm-hmm. like freaked out i was like no and i was like literally i was freaking out and i explained to her because i was like and I told her, I said, this is why I freaked out. I'm like, I he want to take you wherever. If he want to take you to a salon to get, you know, whatever. I don't mind mm-hmm. that. I said, but mm-hmm. I want you to understand that when you perm your hair, it's you're not going to have the curls that you have. Yep. Said, Those mm-hmm. curls that you're learning to love, that you're learning to wash, to like, you know, mm-hmm. do a hairstyle and it looks beautiful. You're yeah. not going to have that. And I'm like, and it's hard. I'm like, do you see my hair? I said, don't move anymore because now it's just a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, okay, I understand. And I'm like, whenever you're, you're older, if you want to, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. I said, mm-hmm. but I think right now you should love your curls. And if you want to straighten it one day, that's fine. But I don't think yeah. you should permit. And she's like, okay. So he was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that's what they did at the salon. I was like, oh, of course. God. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It's just a place that women go. I know. <laughs> But you know the 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 thing that's been really interesting too for me is I remember like feeling like okay I don't want them to have weave I don't want them to have this I don't want them to have that and the color and then you know and as they've gotten older um I was like you know that is the beauty of black hair though is that mm-hmm. we could do whatever we want it's like oh mm-hmm. I'm wearing green today go get me a green piece of weave and let me <laughs> yep you know oh. Curly, you want curly? I got you curly. You know, it's like we, that is so, such a part of our culture that we can style a hair or like even, oh, I don't want to put a permanent, but I want to straighten it. How could I do that without losing my curls? We have a way to do all mm-hmm. of these things, even color, like the way that our hair holds um, temporary color, the new, you know, there's, and the girls, like there's so many new products out that weren't around when we were young yeah so I do let them do a lot of experimenting my oldest daughter over the pandemic oh my gosh she got into these stupid lace front waves I was just like <laughs> you're like what's this <laughs> oh my gosh I was like you know take a couple pictures with that shit and then go throw that in the garden <laughs> that thing is gonna run away on you oh, no. so, but you know even even there the culture around like getting a crazy hairstyle, taking a couple pictures with it, framing it just perfectly, but nobody's going to be all in your Nobody head. Like knows, when we were yeah. little kids, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's the fun. And, and I hear their, you know, their little white friends like, Oh my God, you change your hair so much. Like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's the beauty of being black. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, I, I was trying to explain to her. Cause you know how, you know how, you know, not people of color, white people, they, you mm-hmm. know, they touch it. They're like, Oh, what your hair, you know? So when I do rock my curls, people are like, Oh, can I, I'm like, don't touch my curls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, explaining to her, like, if you have curly hair, don't let people touch him. She's like, right. why not? And I, and it's like, but why? I'm like, do you touch your girl's friend, your, your white girl's friend, you know, hair? Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm like, so why do they have to touch yours? And right. Like, it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense. She's like, oh, I'm like, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not that it, it's not that it's bad. It's, they're not trying to offend you, but why do they right. have to touch your hair? They can admire yeah. without touching it. Absolutely. I say it, it's an extension of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if they don't want to touch your ears or they don't want to touch the hairs in your nose and you, that would make you feel uncomfortable, yeah. then I want you to feel the same way about your hair. And I say further, the things that people have on their hair, mm-hmm. on their hands, mm-hmm, you know, and you just don't want those oils and dirt in your hair if you could avoid you it. Really you really know, don't. I know. So I think I grossed them out good enough for be like, <laughs> <You're> like ew. <laughs> So what made you, so before we go, what made you had another baby? Because you already had like two grown babies and then you went and had another baby. I know, I know. So my two, my two daughters are, um, they have the same biological father. And then here enters this wonderful man into our lives who um, we've been, you know, co-parenting the, the girls, the older girls with. And I know that I really wanted a son. I remember telling him very early on um, when we met, like, you're going to give me a son. Mm. And yeah, That's I was very forward. Mm-hmm. Direct in, in, in your face, <laughs> finger pointed and everything, disrespectful with it. Um, and at the time we were not deeply in love. Um, however, I knew, and this is, um, I knew that I could raise children by myself because I had already that experience and I knew that I wanted a, I, I wanted a son. I wanted my daughters to have a brother. I wanted the experience. I did not, I wasn't necessarily looking for another opportunity to be in love and try to form this, um, you know, perfect nuclear family. Mm -hmm. I was definitely in the mindset of while my body can do it, I would like to expand my family. And then, and I did have the mindset expanding my family meant me, my daughters and this other baby. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that I needed someone's help to do that. Um, so it was very, it was very much like, I'm in a place where I can, unlike with my older daughters, I can really make a conscious decision to expand my family. I was getting, I was like, yeah, I was around that age of 30 as well. I knew that I was sort of closing the gap on how old, um, you know, I wanted to be before having another child. And I knew that he would be a good partner um, from the perspective of just even like understanding, like, I like to rip and run. You like to rip and run too. You you tell me that you think I'm a good mom, so you'll feel like I'm a good mom to your kid too, you know. Um, and so he was just like, you know, he wanted a kid also, but I don't think, and I'm pretty sure, you know, if he was here to speak for himself, that he really was in the business of giving babies a <laughs> Just me, yeah, like just like you know, that's very nice of you. That's a compliment, but he certainly was not behaving in such a way that was just like, Oh lady, you want this baby, you know? (laughs) Um, And so as our, as our relationship grew and our love grew, so did my respect for that as well, you know, where it was just like, okay, I definitely do want another child, but I certainly would want another child that, that 
the timing for you is also good. And I definitely mm-hmm. would like you to participate in this child's life very different than I originally was approaching. It's like, give me a baby and then you can run off and do whatever you want to do. You know, um, I had learned to also grow trust in that, that fantasy again of having a family um, in a particular way that once was, you know, destroyed by a destructive person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, we we were very intentional, like, okay, let's actually try this. And I was clear, like, I don't know if my body can do this. And if I can't have another child, I would even support you having a child with another partner. Um, and I would love it if that partner would be okay with me, um, like, you know, can, can I see the baby also? Yeah. Can I, you know, be a part of that child's life? I was so open to expanding our family at this point anyway, in any, any way. And also being fully supportive of like, my children have brought me such great joy. They, they mean the world to me. I would want a man that wants children to experience that, whether my body could produce that or not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it just, it just so happened that my body was just like, Wish granted. <laughs> um, and so within that year of us, like, really being like, okay, we let's do this. Um, you know, changing a little, a couple things about my diet, um, changing, you know, sort of the way that we engage with, with one another sexually and just very intentional about our partnership with each other. Um, we got pregnant and welcomed our baby boy three years ago. Aww. So I got my boy. Got my, boy. Girls, <laughs> I got my, my girls have their brother. Um, he has his, you know, he has his, his, um, first biological son and that was really beautiful and has been really beautiful because my son is three. So with, you know, it's, he entered my kid's life when my youngest was about six, six years old. Um, and not, he didn't just come straight into co-parenting. He, you know, was introduced as a, a co-worker cause that's what he was, then mm-hmm. a friend, then a partner, um, and then, you know, a respected male figure in our lives. And so, you know, his his learning curve with kids um, being a parental figure really starts at age six. Okay. Um, but now we have, you know, this newborn or had this newborn. And so getting to experience that, you know, getting seeing him experience being a dad from birth has been it's been so beautiful. It's been so fulfilling and for me, being able to have that experience that I so wanted when I was 19, that I so wanted again when I was 23, 24, um, and was just trying to do that with not the right resources, not the mm-hmm. right person, and just being able to have this experience is like, it's overwhelming. And then even for my daughters to be able to see that, you know, we did okay. Like we were, we were a solid unit, but there's more. You know, yeah. it, and and you don't have to close yourself off to more. Um, and so they're being able to see us parenting together has been really beautiful as well. And that's awesome because you like a lot of women I know that, you know, they have their kids that are older and then mm-hmm. they they found what they want to do. You know, they they find they, their love for whatever it is. And then they're like, yeah. well, do I want to stop? what I do to go have mm-hmm. a kid. And it's beautiful that you didn't, you did. Nope. Don't stop. Your you're, son, you're, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to still do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I definitely, I mean, and taking that same kind of model from earlier, it's like, I give myself permission. It's a lot easier with this child. It's like, yeah, I'm your mom, but that's not all I am. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have that same 
sort of like I didn't cut myself off with this child in the way that I did with the, you know, the older two. And then from a just like a lot of women say like, damn, like you want to start all over. I realized for me that parenting never ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughters, as they get older, they may not need me to change their pampers, um, but they certainly need they certainly still need me. You know, in a different way, I worry about them the same that I worried about them when you're when you're newborn. You're like, are they breathing? You know, <laughs> you're like putting their net, their hair like, are you breathing? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's the, you know, it's still the 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 same concerns. So I don't consider it necessarily starting over. It really just feels like I have these skill sets already. I know how long this phase is gonna last. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also know that you only have it for it's a short physical sacrifice of time. It's mm. so short. That's it. Before you know, before you turn the corner, it's like this child now needs you very differently as well. So I know in the blink of an eye, we are going to have three adult children. You know, I, really, it feels like in the blink of an eye. Um, and I don't think that I'll ever be like, oh my gosh, I have to start all over. At some point, <laughs> it just all evens out. You know, that's that's awesome. I love it. I I'm at that stage. So my daughter is eight, and in that mm-hmm. experience where you saw your kids and you're like, oh, they don't need me. The other day I was talk, I was FaceTiming. I was coming to home and I was FaceTiming with her and she was in the kitchen and I was just staring at her and I'm like, you don't need me. Like, you don't need me. She's making her own stuff. And I'm like, and, and, and my, I was like, my heart broke, but it was, I was proud, but I was also like, no, my baby. You find something else to do with your time. <laughs> I know. This is why I started the podcast because, thinking, you know, I want to do something I love and mm-hmm. it's, I always say, I always proclaim, I can't talk, self-love, right? And and I'm like, how am I saying that I love myself if I'm not doing things that I love, right? I love talking, right. I love, exp- you know, expressing yes. and, and sharing my experiences, right? Either with, mm-hmm. with my past trauma, with whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing now, or like this, like getting to know people. Yeah. I'm like, why am I not doing this? So mm-hmm. this is why I started it. And I love yeah. that she's at the stage that I now have to, you know, teach her, you have to learn how to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. just, you look pretty today. It's like, I feel good. I am. Yeah. Good. And if I'm not, yeah. I can do this to feel better. You to know, feel like, better. Mm-hmm. She's like, Oh, I don't feel, you know, my head hurts. I'm like, did you drink water? Is your, you know, did you stretch? Like the other day, mm-hmm. she's like, my back hurt. I'm like, did you stretch in the morning? She's yeah. like, I have to. I'm like, yes, you should stretch in the morning. Like, you know, you, that's how you love yourself. Yeah. And, and I love that. I, I, that's one, I, that's one thing that I'm like super into. That's I love so your beautiful. journey. And Thank before you. I let you go, what are you doing now? You know, what's in the future for you? Mm, so, <laughs> yeah, there's so many cool things in the future. But if I had to talk about anything in particular is that I am going to um, be going really hard and launching a femdom line. So, um, yes, yeah, like all things female domination and femme, femme presenting domination, just really helping women continue to identify the many ways that we're dominant in our lives. Um, and, you know, some little products that go with it. So whether that is um, insertables, commonly known as dildos, but I'm changing that word. <laughs> they are insertables. You can insert them or penetratables. You can penetrate with them. Um, some women that are dominant, that are dominatrix enjoy pegging their partners. Um, and so doing some education and really opening up also for especially men of color to see the many different ways to explore sex. We can go ahead and like put homophobia away, mm-hmm. away, away. 
there's so much pleasure to be had when we allow ourselves to be free. Um, creating uh, in the works right now a femdom journal um, that is going to allow women to journal the many ways that we dominate our lives. We can kind of look back like, damn, like I'm the shit for real. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I do do that. Okay. If it feels good that I can do it in this area, I can dominate this area too and this area as well. So that is coming. And, you know, just a couple of other things that just highlight the many ways that we are just like bosses in That's so many ways awesome. with, you know, we don't have to like own these million dollar companies or run ourselves ragged. There's so many ways that we show up every single day for, for many of us, just waking up means that we're dominating the day because God knows that this world is trying to make us submit every mm, minute, every day, every woman, like. We are not, we are not okay. <laughs> we are not okay. We are exactly. not okay. Exactly. So these are going to be some constant reminders of ways that we are being resilient um, and that we are resistant submitting to this fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. It's awful. I know. I'm yeah. like, I try, that's, that's my, my next, like, so we have this book about, you know, teaching about your body, but I'm, I try mm-hmm. to tell her, I'm like, it's your body. You do whatever you want with it. It's your body. Like that's, yes, God, yes, cause that's, that's yes. the one thing that I think as you're growing up, you kind of forget like, yeah, mm-hmm. like at the beginning, you're like, it's my body. Don't touch me. You know, you're, you're young. You don't let anybody touch yep. you. And then you get older mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, wait, like, how does this, how does it change? This, I don't know what is the switch? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. when that switch happens, but yeah, that's the, the journey. I am so <laughs> excited for you. Oh, um, I'm excited love. for you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I super appreciate you being in my podcast and I will, um, I will tag you. I'm going to be following you because I want to know what you're doing next. Likewise. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Mom's No Expert Podcast. I am super excited that another week has gone by and you guys are still here. (laughs) So don't forget to follow me on Instagram on Mom's No Expert Podcast. And if you have any questions or if you want to email me just because you want to talk, my email is momsnoexpertpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Moms No Expert Podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Moms No Expert Podcast and share the show with your friends. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode.